0: Hi, Winston, thank you for joining me today.
1: Yeah, Armand. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me, appreciate it.
0: You're in this new project that's really, really cool, and I saw it benefit a lot of people uh, through LinkedIn, and you're helping folks craft their story via their resume, and I think that's one, very compelling in 2020, and two, you know, even when I look at it for myself, I just, just seeing your what you've done for other people, I say, wow! I don't really craft a compelling story that says it for me, and I, I kind of wanted to understand what brought you to do this.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, no, I appreciate that. It, well, one, it's, it's really rewarding. I think it's really rewarding working with people, and it's um, mm-hmm. it's been great to just. I even talked to I helped two people this morning, and uh, and they, you know, just seeing how excited they are, and as people start to maybe for the first time see their resume. Uh, really shining um, in a way that they haven 't seen before and re- and they a common thing I see is that people look at their resume bullets and they go uh, once once we 've worked i 've worked with them and they go "Wow, you know I did that <laughs> and they go wow I did that that's that 's my experience and i 'm like yeah yeah let 's make let 's make eight more bullets like that you know and so I think it 's been really rewarding I think what really got me into it was um, one of the one of the drivers was you know we 're all kind of with a pandemic we 're all kind of have some form of isolation. And one of the things you know, I'm really extroverted and I'm used to being surrounded by people. And I think the quarantine isolation had just gotten to me to the point where I was like, maybe I should just start like trying to connect with people. Um, and I ended up um, posting my resume on, um, on LinkedIn. And I was just like, you know, I think the resume looks really good. I was using a friend's like system for how to update it. I was like, it looked really nice and it got like 10,000 views.
0: Oh, wow. And was,
1: yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, this, should be, this could be something here. And so I was like, maybe I should like create a, like, a, like a video. I should make a video for, you know, how, I can, how people can update their resume. And so I was like, but I don't wanna make a video of my own resume. So I ended up reaching out and saying like, hey, and this is kind of, like I said, through this sort of like, uh, sort of like this isolation, tr- uh, trying to, you know, connect with people uh, situation. I basically just post on LinkedIn saying, "Hey, if anybody wants help, reach out to me." And then um, I, I, I asked them if they'd be okay with me, you know, making a video. And I think that post also got ten thousand views. And so I started getting like a lot of traction with this. And so what I've been finding is that um, there, there, I think there's a real need for this. And um, I, I found a real way to just connect with people uh, relationally, and it's been really rewarding for me.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine. A more impactful way to help people, you know, that would be maybe a stranger to you, and kind of interact in a, in a very intimate way about their life, right? Like mm-hmm. your resume is kind of your conduit for not only gainful employment, but it's the first thing that you present yourself to mm-hmm. to your social networks, right? Like everyone's social network kind of starts off with the workplace, and so I think I think that's fascinating to want to care enough to. Help, not only help other people, but to really, I, you know, actualize on that opportunity that you see people like reaching out for help, you know, just a 10,000 views. And as, as you were saying that there was a, a process and a system that you kind of learned from and you wanted to present it out to folks in your LinkedIn, what is, is what is a little bit about that system?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm happy to go through, you know, everything that I do. I, I have a, a YouTube channel, and uh, Austin Resume Help, and um, it, it goes through a lot of the process in, in kind of excruciating detail. Uh, but the general gist is this, uh, and I've, I've been piecing this together from different friends who um, have given me, like, advice. And I originally crafted this system off of one of my friends, uh, the way that they um, update their own resume, and they taught me how to do it. And then I ended up kind of building off of that, uh, making it a bit more streamlined, and then I brought in other feedback. The general, where it's at today, is, the general system I have is that I meet with people for about a half an hour and I create what I call a skill guide. And so basically what it is, is I ask people uh, some fundamental questions to understand them. And then I, before we even touch the resume, sometimes, you know, we don't even look at a single resume bullet for the first half an hour. I ask, what do you want to do next? And, and how do you summarize your skill set in light of what you want to do next? And then I ask them to start breaking down their skills uh, into three, different, three or four different categories. And this is what I call the skill guide. So the, the skill guide is really interesting because the, the way it works is I try to focus on skills that the person, one, is, is good at. And two, there's skills that they want to do in the next job. And I really try to focus in on that. Once we're done, and we we end up breaking down these skills a little bit further, once we're done, we end up having a map of basically what they want to do and what they're good at. Then, once we're done with that, we then start to look at the resume. And I have some techniques I can go through with how to craft resume bullets, but the skill guide is super helpful because what happens a lot of times when we we build a resume is we've done something that we really like, but it has nothing to do with the next role we're going to do. And we, and we might have, it's okay if there's maybe one or two resume bullets like this, but if you have a, a resume where like half the resume bullets maybe aren't even relevant to the next position, you can end up having kind of a jumbled resume. And what the skill guide does is it helps focus all of your attention into what you want to do and what you're good at. And the result is this just coherence, which can be just, it's just a really beautiful resume. And I, I went through this exact same process for myself. Uh, I went through the process of okay, what do I wanna do? How do I break up my skills? Get rid of the stuff that isn't relevant. And I was amazed at the, at the end result where I was like, wow, this is a really good resume. <laughs> so it's, it's a great process. Uh, and uh, after we have that first half hour, I end up then talking with the person about how to craft a really great resume bullet. But it, that, that first half an hour is really key.
0: That's, that's wonderful because you know, I even think about my personal experience. And you know sometimes you start off your resume in the idea of scarcity, you try to write it in a way that you say, not what I want to do, but what are the words and key terminologies that will just sell me to anybody that I apply to? And you know, and you want it within some, ger- you know, some domain and degree of error, meaning, like, I don't know about that exact job if I'll get that. So I'll word it wide enough so I can at least apply it to three different types of variants of that job. And I find like even in my own personal experience, that you get neither of those, none of those. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you, you kind of just get this fatigue and, and you know, um, not hopelessness, but you get the idea that maybe it's a skills gap with you. And, and I like what you're saying, because it's not you cohesively saying what it is you want to do, because you're trying to just fit into whatever paid Will, will fit you. And obviously there's mental differences, right? Like when you're looking for a job, you're, you're quite different. Or when you have a job and you're, and you're looking for the next opportunity, then you're more concerning to, about what, what you want to do. Is that, is that kind of from the clients that you've been supporting so far? Have you seen these two different types of mentalities? Like one is like, yeah, I hear what you're saying, Winston. I want to write out what I want to do, but what, what, what I want to do. Maybe is not exactly in line with where I know I can get a
1: job. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that. Um, uh, this does happen, and so, and there there is a bit of a negotiation that, that comes comes into play. What one thing that does help is that we have these foundational questions. You know, if I started with break down your skill set, I think then there'd be a lot more of this. Well, you know, I'm I'm really good at this, and I'm really good at that, and I'm really good at this. And then you, I think, like some people, I shouldn't say some. I think actually almost everybody starts their resume building process with the resume. And then I think maybe like the 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 time where they finally get to think about their skill set is maybe when they write like a cover letter, you know? Right. And so because it's so it's so backwards from the way that I do it now, because I start with what do you want to do next it already aligns to that next thing. So if someone says, for example, uh, let me give like a simple example. Let's say somebody wants to like go in to be a chef next, next position. They want to be a chef. Um, and maybe they've been in chef roles. Maybe they have just kind of been catering on the side, but they want to be a chef next role. We start with that. Then the next question I ask is how do you summarize your skill set in light of wanting to do a chef role next time? And then maybe they end up saying, well, you know what? I'm a, I'm a master, um, uh, let's say that they're really good at vegan. They're like, I'm a master vegan chef or something like that. Um, So that becomes their skill set summary. So again, we're we're building on top of the previous layer. So when I finally get to the point of what are your skills, um, I'm saying in light of the summary of your skill set, which is in light of what you want to do next. And then if I have a person who says, well, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really, really good at um, let's say they're really good at, at, uh, catering. They're really good at in-home cooking. They're really good at managing other chefs. And they're also like extremely good at, uh, social media. (laughs) And I'll go, well, (laughs) hold on. Um, here, here's what I, here's what I'd recommend. Um, general resumes don't include social media. Just don't put it on the resume. However, if you end up finding that you think that's something that could really appeal to somebody, put it on the resume. Uh, maybe you have like a, a, a small like new new restaurant putting that in your resume and then putting in your cover letter hey i can do this auxiliary thing is helpful but what i really try to focus on when i'm helping people with their resumes is, is really building layer after layer so that everything's very relevant to that next role
0: wow that's that makes a lot of sense because when you think about it like the different fields that you interact with it is these fundamental blocks that kind of apply, and I always found that difficult because myself, I've only been in the technical field, and then I would imagine that these two resumes—if a chef and a person who works in IT—these these are not fundamentally built the same. But mm. according to what you're saying, like it really is—it's a holistic view of what do you want. Present those disparate skills and maybe ignite like your next step where you want to go. Because of, you know, I would imagine a chef who wrote you know, social networking would confuse anybody else, but a, like a modern kitchen that I've been seeing quite a bit before COVID obviously, but, uh, but before COVID was a chef who has the following and the foodie following that goes with that because they properly documenting the images of their work actually is a huge appeal in terms yeah. of food. And capturing that, and that not only is that big for the business, but that's big for you as a personal brand. And I see what you're saying. You're yeah. you're saying you are your brand, and you're really providing this value, and you need to show that in in, in weird ways that wouldn't make sense, like social networking for a chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the things that you said that really like always strikes me is about the cover letter, because you know most of the times it's optional. You know, very rare do I see it mandatory, at least in the field that I'm in, and, and sometimes I find it as a nuisance, right? Like, I've never, I, I've, I've done sometimes where I've went through the extra due diligence to actually write out something. And, you know, something that is unique, personal, not just a copy and paste, not, you know, looking at some keywords and then just dropping it down. And uh, and if I'm lucky enough, and, and a couple times through that, I've, I've talked to a recruiter and I said, you know, I just wanted to see. I said, hey, uh, you know, I, as I stated in the cover letter, this part and this part, and I will go through that first meeting to find out they never even read the cover letter. Yeah. And what is your recommendation for cover letters? Like, do it, don't do it. Is, it. is it one of those necessary evils that you just have this copy and paste thing and just drop everywhere? Or Yeah.
1: Or... Not? No, I appreciate you mentioning that. Uh, when it comes to cover letters, one, and this also, this gets into a category I'd call resume writing fatigue. Mm-hmm. So uh, the ideal, and I'm going to say this like this really isn't what I'm about to describe. Isn't something I think is really somebody's going to be uh, reasonably able to do, unless maybe if you have like tons of tons of time. Like maybe if you're unemployed, like what I'm about to say might actually be feasible. But the ideal way. To apply to jobs is going to be that you analyze the job description, you pull out keywords that are, you know, honestly keywords that apply to your resume. You kind of write your resume with the language of the person, and you um, and you write a cover letter like that. Now, I, I want to say I I really don't do that myself. Um, and what you're going to run into with this process is you're you're dealing with literally. Um, maybe three, four hours updating your resume. Um, and if, if you're trying to apply to maybe 10 or 15 positions, that becomes like a pretty excruciating process. Now, if you're unemployed, you might have a lot of time for that. What I will say is when I really, really like one thing I, I, I do sometimes, and I think it's gonna be really valuable is uh, custom tailored cover letters in interviews. So if you're doing an interview, let's say there's a job that you really like, um, one thing that's really helpful with a cover letter is, is writing a cover letter that really expands in your resume. The idea being that, you know, if somebody's getting into the cover letter, they probably already read your resume. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be something that can fill in gaps. Like if there's something that you wanna learn that you haven't done yet, cover letter is great for that. If you wanna really expand on your passion and your interest, cover letter is great for that. Another thing I like to use cover letters for is if you have an interview thread, let's say you have an interview chain with 10 people, mm-hmm. write a cover letter that's a general cover letter, but then have a little bit towards the end of the beginning that you're gonna customize. And then for every single person, customize that beginning and end. And what you end up getting is a a unique cover letter, but that has has a sizable overlap, but it's a unique cover letter. And what you can do is you can go into the interview and you can say, um, this is a cover letter that is unique to you, that is customized to you, and, uh, you know, I, I'm hoping you'll take a, you know, a, wanted to provide this for you. And this is where you can talk about, you know, whatever's of interest to that person. And it really creates this real personal, unique connection. Um, and it also means the person's very likely going to read it once you're done, which is going to keep that, keep you in their mind. So those are a couple, couple techniques. Um, but we, we can go more into resume fatigue and, and some of the ways that I mitigate that. But those are just a couple ideas.
0: That's, that's a wonderful approach. I, I you know, that's, it inspires a lot of different ideas because when I think about that for the ones that that don't offer that 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 capability and you come into an interview you're totally right like that is a great way for them to say like yeah I I really like that guy maybe I didn't hear a couple of things but that cover letter in hand at that time really helps keep that gap and you have more time on brain and that means more probability for Mm -hmm. for a callback for the next step or whatever that may be and that That's a very interesting take. I've never heard that before. And I think that's truly unique. Mm-hmm. That's that's really cool. Um, one of the other things that I find also very difficult, especially in the IT field where you go through ATS systems, I think is what is the proper terminology mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. applicants that weed out a lot of, you know, great quality, you know, candidates for any position. And, and you know, I've done a, a few interviewing, uh, you know, At least for the last five or so years where I spent a good majority of my time, not majority, but a good portion of my time doing a lot of interviews. And I've noticed that it will tell me a number of how many people applied and the the group that that are part of my selection to look through resumes is an insanely small subset. Of that mm-hmm. total applicant pool, and I didn't know what that was. I just thought maybe I wasn't scrolling right, so I contacted a recruiter and I said, you know, hey, I, I don't understand. I said, you know, like over a thousand people applied to this position, and I'm seeing ten, right? Mm-hmm. And they said, oh yeah, you know, we have these automated systems that try to bring you the highest quality mm-hmm. candidate. And I said, oh okay, I work in a pretty niche field, so I was like, that's interesting. How do you know it's niche to me, right? I, that's that's very weird. And so they said, oh, there's many, many different things. We have these custom thresholds that we set with the platform, but also they look at your job uh, description. And they try to match and add some probabilities to that. And I said, well, that's very interesting. So would I be a top candidate if I just pasted everything from that JD back in? And she was like, yeah, probably, most likely. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I wanted to ask you, when you're helping these folks and you're trying to connect these disparate things that are not on a JD, and now they have a lower probability through their ATS system because you know, the chef person's only looking for skills on the JD, but they don't think about articulating the idea that they want somebody who's who's good with social networking. It does that weed them out almost automatically or do you have to be mindful of those systems?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate you bringing that up. And I, I've had uh, different folks um, bring up ATS systems. One thing I like to encourage people as I'm working with them is I talk about seeking out expert resources. And so what I'm, what I, I'd say like what I do to help people, uh, what I want people to help, uh, to rely on me for is creating a resume that is, I'll say human readable. Like in other words, a person can look at it, can really see the value in what this person has done. And it's really easy to t- to digest it and share it. Uh, I would not consider myself an expert in uh, AT- in creating a resume for an ATS system. Yeah. And so, if somebody's really interested in in really optimizing their resume for ATS, I would definitely recommend recommend, in addition to talking to me, uh, to yeah. also seek out an ATS expert. What I what I I do the same thing with just about anybody I work with when it comes to industry knowledge. I do the same thing. So if I'm working with a chef, I'll help them build their resume, but I'll yeah. also say seek out somebody who's an expert resource in your industry. So, cause there might be keywords that I'm not, you know, I'm not personally aware of. Right. Um, and so finding expert resources, I think is a really important uh, heuristic. And I think yes. it applies both to, you know, industry as well as, as ATS optimization.
0: That, that makes a lot of sense because yeah, that was my first experience hearing that. I can only imagine for things that I apply, right? Like that. that almost seems, I mean, I get it because they don't expect me to look through a thousand resumes for all the people that applied. I do I do get and respect the fact that they do that and think that is a valuable, valuable ad, but to out of a thousand only present 10, it's just, it's so like, that's mind boggling because, you know, think, think about, I, I just think about the people who are doing like the things that I did were really crafted that cover letter, that uh, filled out. you know, they have these fields in there. Oh, you know, we're really interested in you. We want to know what makes you unique. Can you write it out? And then just because you don't regurgitate the same words that I use in the JD. And, and you know, we're writing it very fast. We're very, you know, when, when I have a, an open head count, I have this model, this template JD that for this, you know, software engineering spot or whatever it may be. And I add some things to it or take away some things based off of. But I'm doing that in less than 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I will have it you know, done and sent back to the recruiter to, to post publicly. That 15 minutes and somebody filling out, like there's probably a great amount of talent, like the right talent. The things that you know, people, people say they hire for, for others to not just be a copy of them, right? Because you want to extend your thought process. You don't want just people who are mimics of you to do the same thing. But I actually I feel like if you rely on the ATS system heavily, then you really are perpetuating that same drone like mentality where mm-hmm. you're really only looking for the same type of person as you and you're going to hire based off of that. So I, I, I really wonder, do you know of any corporations or any like industries that maybe don't use ATS as much to like weed out 990 uh, 90 people away from a single job position?
1: Hmm, it's, it's a good question. And unfortunately, I I don't, I don't think I can, I can uh, add too much uh, there. Because again, I don't really consider myself right. to be a, an ATS expert, but um, it does sound like from what you're saying that there's, uh, there's some trade-offs when you're using that system.
0: Right, right, some huge trade-offs. And, and the, that really just boggled my mind. I, I would have never known. It's like seeing how sausage is made for the first time. That and is. I was like, I was like, wait, this is what goes on, you know? And I was like, Oh boy. So that's why I find like what you're, what you're saying about, you know, helping others craft their story for themselves. Cause you're right. I know about my industry. I don't know about a lot of other people's and how do you, how do you share that expertise that there's there's fundamental building blocks to those things and, Mm -hmm. and right. Seek out advice from other people who are in that field that can give you those keywords, those JD, uh, uh, buzzwords, but the, the, the idea of narrating somebody's story about what they want, I think, is kind of the profound step in your process. Because, you know, I, when, when it's not that I'm new to the, to the idea of the professional work environment, but never, never has been a resume building time or review where somebody says, What do you want to do in exactly and help narrate a story for it? It's what field are you in? Yeah. And let's present the things that you do to build you in that field. It's not yeah. like, where do I want to go? And, and things like that. And I, I thought, I, th- I think that's just amazingly different about your philosophy, about how you take to resume building that I, th- I think in the post-COVID world is actually going to be meaningful because people are going to change, I think, after all these things. Yeah, yeah,
1: I appreciate that. And I think one thing that's really interesting when using this system. So so we're talking now about kind of resume bullets and another friend um who uh who basically taught me how to make a really good resume bullet has a system where a a great resume bullet has basically three uh key characteristics um and most resume bullets i I see i would say probably have maybe one to two of these characteristics um in in partial like not not necessarily the, the entire Characteristic, but you want to have three things. You want to have what um, was the problem? What was the need that you were filling? And the second one is what did you do with a metric, if possible, something that quantifies how much you did? And then the third thing is what was the result? And again, a metric if, if feasible. Uh, I, and what's really interesting is when you go about that with a resume bullet, you can get something that is just truly remarkable. So even if somebody is in a role, um, even if someone is in a role where they're not doing the thing they wanna do next as a job title, when you go about this process, and again, we're starting from what do you wanna do? How do you summarize your skills? How do you break down those skills? When, When you first do that process, the whole thing is rooted in what you wanna do next. When then you go about creating a work bullet, that highlights one of your skills. When you go through this process, you might find there's something truly incredible you've done that relates to that next position. I had this happen uh, actually just this morning. I was helping somebody uh, right before we got on the call, uh, Armand, and I was helping someone and they're basically, they're in a role um, that the title is, and and kind of the job function isn't uh, what they're doing next. But we got, to, we got through the whole skill guide creation um, for what they want to do next. And I went through the process and I said, all right, just tell me, uh, tell me about a problem or, or tell me about something you did uh, that, that relates to what you want to do next. Just tell me about the impact, right? And so I started from the impact and then I said, okay, well, well how did you get that impact? What was, what was it that you did? Um, what, was, what was the thing that you did to achieve this result? And then we, I went back down to what was the need? And we built this resume bullet and I looked at it and he, and, and he looked at it and it was just uh, this phenomenal resume bullet. And it was, I was like that for what you want to do, this is an extremely great resume bullet. And, and he agreed and, and, and we both looked at it. We're like, this should be the top of your resume and it's, it's phenomenal. So even though, even though he's not in that role right now, when you go through this process, you might find that there are activities that you've done that, once you quantify it, it's actually pretty phenomenal.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do you do you deal a lot where the the client is maybe, you know, we're not very, not everyone is innately built with the ability to you know demonstrate a lot of their accomplishments and, you know, because it feels very egocentric, right? And you're saying like, my resume should just state like, you know, things that I qualify to do and my duties that I do, and I, I do them very well. Do you, do you find it difficult sometimes with certain clients where they don't want to say like, I single-handedly drove, you know, this, this project, even though they did to making, you know, the next year's fiscal goals or whatever it may be. Do you have a difficult time with that?
1: So, so this is interesting. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up. Uh, Most, I've reflected on this. Most people I interact with, I would say I'm trying to get them to, uh, how do I say this? Um, I'm trying to get people to share more about what they did and present more of what they did in, in a good light. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, why is that? And I think one thing I'll mention is like the people who I help, basically 100% of the people are people who have asked me for help. And so at, to start with, they're, um, they're people who are already saying, okay, I, I, they're, they're coming from a place of I want help, I feel like I need help. And I think, that, you know, there's certain humility that's involved with that. And I think that might be kind of pre-selecting people. There's a number, a lot of the people who, I, who I'm helping are people who have actually said on social media, like commenting on something, one of my posts, where I've, uh, for a while I was offering free resume help and um, people would actually comment publicly saying I need help with my resume and so I think when you have people doing that sort of thing I think you're kind of pre-selecting folks so um, that might be affecting it a little bit but what I, what I do find is a lot of the times I'm, I'm helping people showcase uh, what they actually did so for one thing I commonly do this is so the first for when I meet with somebody you talk about their resume the first half hour I spend getting to know them and building their skill guide. And then the second half hour, I generally spend teaching them how to make a really good resume bullet. And that's where I go through the the three principles we just talked about. And then oftentimes what I'm doing now is I'll I'll read. We start with something that's actually on their resume to begin with. And so we'll read, I'll read what their resume bullet is. And then I'll break the three pieces we talked about. And then I'll read what the resulting resume bullet is. And and then I'll, I'll, I'll show the before and after and it's really amazing how, when you go through this process of crafting a great resume bullet, the showcasing, the quantifying how much they did. I remember there was one person I talked to um, who I, I asked at one point, uh, they, they, they said they had a resume bullet. It was something like trained um, trained coworkers on like system. It, it was something like that. And I just asked, how many people did you train? And he said, well, I trained 60. I went, You trained 60 people. Yeah. How did you train 60 people? And he goes, well, I, well, I, I, I did actually these like broad presentations to groups. And then I did about maybe, you know, like a, like a number of in-person consultations and I went, Whoa, hold on. This is becoming a much bigger resume bullet than I realized. And once you start quantifying things, you talk about what the result was, you talk about what you did with a metric. Um, you talk about what the problem is. When when you get all those pieces together, it it can make a resume bullet ten times as effective as what it was before.
0: Wow, that makes a lot of sense. And you know that do you find because I know mentally my my mental model of a resume is not only you know what you were saying because I know that that's right. You need to do the three types of statements per bullet and really think about that, or at least have one of those in there. Mm-hmm. Do you? but it's very difficult to balance that in the duties, right? Like if you say, Hey, I, uh, you know, I was in charge of month end clothes or whatever it may be. And that's, it's not super sexy and appealing, but it is a, it is a duty and a responsibility where you manage and own that. How do you craft that into fulfilling Mm -hmm. those three
1: things? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, so I, so when we think about like month end clothes, I'm going to make it a little bit more, I like using the the chef analogy. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. Just it's something that people have a lot of familiarity with. Everyone has been at a restaurant at least one point um, in their life. And so uh, using the chef analogy, if we think about like a typical duty, let's say uh, cleaning the kitchen. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, Let's say cleaning the kitchen is just a typical thing that they do. um, And let's say that, you know, it doesn't sound that exciting. What I ask is I'll say, um, what was the problem? And they said, well, we need to maintain at least, uh, you know, an A rating on our, uh, on our cleanliness. And I go, oh, okay. Um, well, h- what was your health rating throughout the course of you being, you know, in-, in your chef position? They're like, well, actually it was at a C rating. And then I got in and then it became an A rating. And I go, oh, really? And then I'll go, okay, well, well how did you do that? And they're like, well, I actually cleaned, uh, I-, I cleaned every morning and every night. And then and I go, okay, so hold on a second. How many times have you cleaned this kitchen? And we, and we then start to do some basic math and, and the person's been there for four years. We start going, well, okay, I did this 4,000 times. And I'm like, okay, so now the resume bullet that was originally like, you know, maybe the original resume bullet was took care of cleaning kitchen as part of regular duties. Now we have transformed the cleaning <laughs> score from a C to an A through cleaning kitchen uh, twice daily, 4,000 times to date. And, and it's one And this same principle, the same heuristic can be applied to anything from monthly close to a business, to whatever, whatever it is, because there's some need that you're driving.
0: That's brilliant. That makes so much sense because, you know, even, even just now when, when before I set up the question for you, I didn't know, I couldn't even think of a way to make that appealing. And you just did, you made, you know, cleaning a kitchen appealing yeah. and maybe I'll try and sell it to myself in my own house. But uh, that that was, yeah, that's a very compelling story, right? Because you, you drove, you drove something for the business, which is a, a really good uh, kitchen that is clean. And that's, you know, one, they have less liability and all these other things that go with that. But also, you kind of designed that solution. And that's, that's really cool, because it says a lot about the person
1: yeah i'll give you I'll give you another example and this this is this is unlike the chef example this is more of a real example or this is a real example i, I was helping someone with their resume and um and they had a bullet uh and this is one of the one of the resumes i have i've, I've uh, with permission of the person i i shared on social media um, and I, I was I was helping them with their with their resume and it was a similar kind of thing where where they had it was one of these kind of typical duties and, and they were a manager and then they I think on their resume, I think it just said like manage team of, of uh, like it just said like manage team. It was something like that, or like manage four people. And I went, okay, well, I said, all right, hold on. So, um, so I, I, we started quantifying things. All right, how did you, um, uh, you know, how many people were you were you managing? Okay, it's not just a team; it's a vertical. Okay, so so you're managing a vertical of of you know five people. And I said, Well, was there anything that changed? Like, I'm trying to figure out an impact. Is there anything that changed over the course of your time? Like, did their morale change? Did their interest change? And, and the person, went, well, actually, you know, I did all these different management techniques, and they were actually like pretty unhappy before, um, before I joined. And then they were actually really, really happy and thriving in their roles. And like some of them went off to do other things that were really exciting. And I did that through, and I was like, Well, how did you do that? And he's like, Well, I did that through like upskilling and coaching and mentoring. And and I started just writing, you know furiously writing everything yeah. down, and we ended up um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna read uh, and this is something again I like I posted this on social media with uh, permission of the person, but I'm just gonna read the resume bullet. So again, the original bullet was something like um, managed you know four people. So here here's the here's the the updated resume bullet transformed a highly disgruntled vertical of four ICs and one manager into a high morale, high functioning vertical through mentorship, upskilling and creating opportunities. It's, it's this is just, Boy. you know, this is the way that we create value out of something that seems so nascent that we just do yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Boy, yeah, that's, that's so different, you know, even, even myself, if I was reading that resume on my desk and I, I would say, wow, this, you know, that, I know the work that has to go into that. And that's just an amazing amount of work. And, and it, it's, it's so many skills that you're presenting. It's not only empathy. It's the idea of, of creating a, a plan, right? So you identify the problem with the, with the employee. What do they want to do? What is the issue that's helping them? And, and bridge that gap. So now you're, you're an enabler and you're helping them grow their career. And I just can't help but agree with that. Because when you have happy people that are excited about what they do as a manager, there's nothing better Mm. because then you have a team that is just hitting all the cylinders and they want to work with you. They want to help you. You know, I I went from employees who just wanted to do the eight hours and kind of check out at the end of the day and they would do whatever you wanted for eight hours. But after they hit that time, it's 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 over. Mm -hmm. And, And that's because they didn't feel that nobody really wanted to connect with them to grow with them. And so that person really, you know, that's the disgruntled kind of vertical that you would mm-hmm. normally get. And so to show that you have the ability to identify that, work with people, keep the business afloat, mm-hmm. and do these things to grow other folks, that's, that's huge. That's, that's like 20 bullets in one.
1: Totally, totally, yeah. And it, and it starts with the simple exercise of what was the impact here? What was the result? What was the change over time? And by asking just these simple questions, it's, it's fascinating some of the things that I'll hear. Um, you know, there, there was one person I, I was working with who just, you know, I, I was just asking, uh, we were talking about, uh, I, I, won't, I won't get into the specific uh, dollar amounts, but they, they had basically generated um, uh, in increased revenue. And I, I went, oh, well, well, how much was it by? And it was just this insanely high number and and I was just like, okay. So first thing first, we're adding to your skill set, revenue generation, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to quantify this on your resume, because it's and, and it just it's amazing once you start to quantify things and you try to figure out what the result is. How how much better a resume bullet really tells your story.
0: Yeah, I can I can just in those examples right there. That's that's huge because. Even I think about it, you know, if I were to write out that resume, I'd be like, yeah, okay, you manage this team. You know, you got to write that because that's necessary to convey to an employer. But, you know, it's just one of those check the box kind of things. And uh, what you did was not only check the box, but you added something else that is, I guess that really is the, like, the portion of what makes a resume so compelling. It's more than just checking a box. So that's that's very interesting. And that was, that's really eye-opening. I would imagine that a lot of people are right now rushing to their resumes to update it. So I hope they also look at uh, AustinResumeHelp.com when you're ready to do that. And I, I have some social media accounts that I'll be posting this as well and, and your link to your website. And one of the, the, the final things that I wanted to kind of just explore with you is in this field where you're just starting to grow this type of service, what is, what is your plan? Like, what is the next building blocks from here? Are you just going to help as many people in Austin as you can? Are you growing this to maybe some type of system where it's self-service? What do you, what do you see?
1: I, I appreciate the question. One, um, yeah, the, the name, so with Austin resume help, it was, um, I, I, it was very conflicted over, over what the name should be. Um, and I, I, decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm going to go with Austin Rosemary help. I like, I like the sound of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, you know, I'm based in Austin and so it's, uh, it's, uh, kind of appealing in that sense, but also, um, the, the people I'm, I'm working with are, are in different countries. Uh, there was a person, even this morning I was helping with where they mentioned, um, what time it was. And I realized that was very, very different from what time it was. Uh, where I'm at, and I said, "Hold on, what, what time zone are you in?" And they were in a different country. And
0: wow.
1: it's pretty. Um, this happens. Uh, there's, there's a, I, I think there's at least, there's at least three people I can think of, maybe more, um, who are in different countries. And so I think one of the, my my general approach to this sort of thing is, um, I. I help. I help things grow, but I don't know what they're going to grow into. And so with, with this project, um, I'm just going gonna, gonna to keep helping it grow for the time being and just seeing what happens. And you know, if, there's a, if there's an increased you know, interest in it, I'll, I'll continue to help meet that demand.
0: Mr. Walker, Sarah, you are a delight. And thank you so much for all that you do for the people around here in Austin. I have only seen nothing but positive feedback through LinkedIn and all of the folks who have been helped by you. I'm excited to think about all the new positions that, you know, people that we know in this small city of Austin, even though it's very big, it's still very small, that the new things that people will be moving to just because they took a human-centered approach to solving a problem that doesn't matter. There's, there's, there's ATSs that are trying to rule you out. If you, you, you go with the human-centered approach, that's unique because every Mm -hmm. human being is different and that's going to sell. Much better than a, a regurgitation of a JD. Yeah,
1: That's man, I appreciate you having me
0: on this. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. This this was amazing, and I just want to compel everybody, you know, reach out to Winston. Uh, you know, you don't have to indulge in the service, but just reach out. It's mm-hmm. it's something you can do. And you can look in his on his website, AustinResumehelp.com. And you can look on a website and you get ideas, be inspired for something new in 2021. I know I have been just looking through it and seeing the folks on, on your uh, uh, LinkedIn and the, uh, you also have a YouTube channel that it talks about, you know, I was reading watching one about a resume length. That is a difficulty for me. <laughs> I, I, I love the length. I, I can't help it, but, um, but, but, you know, it's, 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 a lot of new ideas, and these are things that people should take in, and and I think it's a great service that you're providing because you know one, you you're very good at it. You can tell you like to talk and, and connect with people and help them out in a non-judgmental way, mm-hmm. and you know that's hard to do when you, when it, especially anybody. So if you find somebody who can do that, then you should you should reach out to them. So AustinResumeHelp.com and. And Winston has, you know, all of the social media accounts you can find on his website, uh, to his uh, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, and almost everything else.
1: On the Instagram, um, which so on the website, uh, there's a tab where you can see example resumes, and it's basically it's a feed to the Instagram where I post um, various resumes that I've I've gotten permission to post publicly, and uh, and yeah, you can see, I think I put the, I think the you can, you can go on the Instagram which is linked there to see. The history of them, but the, the website itself shows the six most recent ones that I've posted. So you can see like some examples and and uh, see the different industries that people are in and the different makeups of the resume. Uh, so yeah, people are welcome to, to go on there and check it out.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much. And um, I hope to have you back on when, when you're at helping everyone in Austin awesome and everybody <laughs> has a job. I, I really look forward to that.
1: Oh, I love that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you.